Thank you so much for downloading this podcast. Do you know that God's word has the ability to make you what it talks about? As you listen to this sermon by Tika Tony, it is our prayer that you will be filled with faith, hope, and love. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Wow. It is very wonderful to hear and to be in your presence today. By the grace of God, I have something powerful to tell you. But before I tell you, shall we pray? Father, thank you in Jesus' name. I pray that you would give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of our understanding will be flooded with light. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Today I'm going to be telling you something that is very crucial to your life, very crucial to your future, very crucial to your walk with God. And it will definitely, most definitely, change your life forever. If you believe it, can you say amen? Praise the Lord. All right. So, my topic to you today, my teaching to you today, is titled, Vessel Change. What did I say? Yeah vessel change say it again vessel change now when jesus met with his disciples when jesus met with his disciples um he met with peter when he appeared after his death he asked peter a question he said peter do you love me and peter said Yes, Lord, I do. And he asked him again, Peter, do you love me? (laughs) And Peter said, Lord, yes, I do. And he asked him a third time, Peter, do you love me? This time around, Peter became aware of something. Peter became aware that it's either I don't know the meaning of love (laughs) or Jesus knows something I don't know, or I'm probably not feeling the vibes here. And Peter said something to the Lord Jesus. Peter said, Lord, you know, thou knowest. And when he said, thou knowest, Jesus said, if you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my lambs. The Bible says something. The Bible says, for we are his sheep. You see, the the greatest show of love that I can give to you is to feed you. You are sheep to God. And the greatest show of love that your man of God can actually give to you is love is 
the love of feeding you adequately giving you the word of god that is to be preached that is to be learned at the right time in your life yes speaking the right things to you that will definitely change your life from what it is to what it is meant to be by god praise god hallelujah and then jesus said something very wonderful to him in his closing remarks look what jesus said jesus said when you he said a parable to to peter he said when you were young you will go thou goest wherever thou wish thou thou listed that means when you are young you would go wherever you want to go but when thou become an old an old man he said you would be taken by the hand and led where you do not want to go yeah and that is a very powerful if i hearing that parable from jesus to peter is a very powerful thought-provoking statement when you are young you go wherever you want to go but when you become old you are held by the hand and you are led where you do not want to go amen where you do not want to go wow well that is simply saying to us now how can we apply that word to us now you see as a young person there is no guidance like when we are young we don't know that there are very very significant things in the spirit we don't know that there are ways to live we live a life that is independent of understanding the word of god and how the word works and how life works so we just live our lives and do things however we want to do it right and we end up you know going wherever we want to go but as we grow up as we become mature we are held by the hand and we are taken where we do not want to go uh, you see going where you do not want to go is not often a bad thing for example <laughs> um if you see a small boy naked running early in the morning (laughs) you know that the child doesn't want to take a bath yeah most babies don't like taking baths most children most boys especially boys they hate two things a young boy hates and any boy listening to me would know this number one school number two early morning showers if i showers at any time and they're running naked. You see a boy just running, pshew, and the mom is coming after him. Come here, you must shower today. <laughs> All right. And so we find that not everything people don't want to do, or not every place people don't want to go, are bad places. Praise the Lord. They're not bad places. And as we grow up in Christ, we begin to find out that there are places to go in the spirit there are places to go in the word of god there are places to go in our walk of faith and we have to go there 
even if we may not want to go there we have to go there amen so jesus is saying this to peter and what i'm about to tell you is probably like that proverb i'm about to take you where you do not want to go but where you have to go look at jesus look at jesus while jesus was with us here on earth do you know that jesus he was he was always talking about his death 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 but when he was just hours away from his death the lord jesus began to pray he said father if you can take this cup from me and he prayed it for three hours and was was sweating bloody sweats with tears and mourning and deep cries and sighs he prayed you see as he had grown older he was held by the hand and now he was taken on the road of glory he was now going on the road of glory but he didn't want to go at first you see that yeah that's 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 generally usually how it is he didn't want to go at first he didn't want to go at first the road to glory oftentimes it's like a path where we have to be forced and taken by the hand. <laughs> we have to be taken by the hand. Yeah. I find that usually at the end of ourselves is the beginning of God. At the end of ourselves is the beginning of a divine walk. At the end of ourselves is the beginning of a divine life. At the end of ourselves is the beginning of realities. At the beginning of success. Yeah. Say to yourself, I am being led by the hand. I go where I do not want to go. I am being led by the hand. I go where I do not want to go. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So you see, this principle or this thought that I'm about to share with you today will most definitely change your life forever i really believe it i really really believe it i've been wondering for a long time how is it that people cannot do all that they know that they can do for god and live the life that they know that they can live for god what really is generally the problem why is it that people find it difficult to live their lives for God? Why is it people find it difficult to do all that they know that they can do in Jesus' name? Why is it a problem for many people? And I believe that I've found the answer, praise God. You know, I'm not the only one who has found this answer. But particularly, it is because the answer is, is, is found in a place we do not want to go. <laughs> yeah and we have to be led by the hand yeah. do you remember this song that says take my hand lead me to the cross that is higher than I yes take my hands and lead me lead me to the cross that is higher than I nobody wants to go to the cross nobody wants to go to the cross but everybody wants the glory of resurrection yeah <laughs> isn't it amazing 
isn't it wonderful nobody wants to go no 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 as for dying we will leave <laughs> isn't it yeah my text to you today please open your bibles and let us read together i'll be reading to you from the book of second timothy chapter 2 verse 20 and verse 21 please open your bibles with me do not just look and listen open your bible please second timothy chapter 2 verse 20 and verse 21 i will be reading to you from the international standard version it says in a large house there are not only utensils made of wood and clay some are for special use while others are for ordinary use therefore if anyone stops associating with these people he will become a special utensil set apart for the owner's use prepared for every good action yeah in a large house you would agree with me i don't know about some of you but i know about uh, me i know about me i know about my home in my home there are certain plates <laughs> and you know forks and cutleries and utensils that only come out when there is an anniversary or a special event at home and um these events are marking something truly important those are the times when you see the best in the house being uprooted you just sometimes i see plates and I, i'm like ah did you just buy this plate and my parents are like no we have had this plate for 20 years <laughs> and you're like what 20 year old plates wow i remember once my mom said to me this plate is older than you before you were born this plate was with me <laughs> wow special uses special uses all right now you see god says in his word he says in a large house there are many kinds of utensils there are utensils of wood utensils of clay all right there are some for silver there are some for gold yeah yeah okay there are some for different kinds of purposes but if anyone wants to be a specially used vessel he should change that's what paul is saying if anyone he should change now one of the things that i have discovered is as young people we live under a very false impression should i just say as human beings okay we live under a very false impression and that impression is that you think that you can be who you are and become who you want to be no and i want to say it again you live under the impression that you can be who you are and become who you want to be and you know that is not how life works you cannot carry your baggage look who you are right now is what is making you not become who you can be or not realize the things you can do or have the kind of life that you want to have who you are who you are something has to change you see coca-cola 
is put into Coca-Cola bottles. And Dr. Peps, Dr. Pepper is put in Dr. Pepper bottles. Yeah. And water is put in water bottles. And wine is put in wine bottles. You will not see Coca-Cola in wine bottles. Yeah, you will not see Coca-Cola in wine bottles. So if you want to be Coca-Cola, if you want to be filled, let's say you want to be a Coca-Cola bottle, what do you do? You want to be a Coca-Cola or you want to be filled with Coca-Cola, what do you do? You have to become a Coca-Cola bottle, isn't it? The vessel has to be the very thing that is needed to become or to have or to receive or to do whatever it is meant to do yeah in the same way in the same way you must understand that if you are gonna be whatever it is that you know god has created you to be you have to change your vessel some of us are like clay vessels you know wanting to take the kind of stuff that gold vessels will take and it doesn't work that way especially when we are dealing with god in fact this applies to every area of life it applies to every area of life but i want to focus it on god and the work of ministry today it applies to literally every you will find out the area you find out the area I remember when I was in school, one of the things I discovered is that people who don't do well in school, and I happened at one point to be one of those kinds of people who don't do well, generally are a certain kind of people. Like you can look at someone and you say, okay, I know this person isn't doing well. And you don't have to be a prophet, but you have to just know the kind of person he is. For example, a person who doesn't read their books every day, every day, will never pass his exams. He will never pass his exams. He has to read every day. So if it's a person who goes to church every other day and doesn't read, and something inside him is telling him, God will take care of you. God will take care of you. You see, he's right. God will take care of him after he has failed. Like, he's going to be comforted by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to tell him, don't worry, I love you, I will use you mightily. <laughs> yeah, because he's a certain kind of person. He's a certain kind of student. And if that student is going to succeed, he has to change. He has to change. He has to become like other students who are succeeding. He has to do what other students are doing who are succeeding, who are very, very, in, who are um, very intelligent, who are passing, who are doing very well academically. He has to follow. He has to change his vessel. He has to stop sleeping much. He has to stop doing a lot of things. He has to stop, you know, eating at the wrong time. He has to stop doing unproductive things all the time. He has to stop watching movies at unnecessary and wrong times. He has to learn 
how to read at the right time. He has to learn what to read, where to read, and how to read. Praise the Lord. Yeah, this is very key. This is very key. So you see, the problem most times is not that is not that you don't have great desires for God. It's not that you don't want to do great things for God and in your life and in life. The problem is that you want to remain the same person you are and do what you and do excellent things that are larger than life. And there's no way it works. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You cannot be a toilet brush and expect that you will be used in the kitchen to serve food. You, you can't. You just you can't be that. You can't be you can't you can't be that. You understand that? You you really can't. Yeah. Yeah. You can't be a wash bowl expecting to be used as a serving plate. You you can't. You can't. Alright? And God is saying, Paul here is explaining what God thinks in a large house. There are many vessels, vessels of wood and vessels of clay. There are those, all right, who are set apart for good works. There are those for special uses. If you want God, if you want to be a special person, can I hear you say amen? Say amen. Did you say it? Say amen if you actually want to be a special person. If you want to do something special in this world. If you want to if you want to have a special life. If you want to have a special impact. Oh, if you want to if you want to do special things. If you want to be looked upon and people they to say this person he's special. Special. Say praise the Lord. The truth of the matter is this that you must have screamed a nice praise the lord but in order for you to be special you have to move from ordinary to special and to do that you have to change you have to change you have to change you have to change you have to become a different kind of person yeah you have to lose yourself. You see why we don't want to go to this place like Jesus was saying to Peter. We don't want to go there because this declares the end of yourself. Many of us are holding tightly to a personality or to, to a way of life, to a way of thinking, to an upbringing, to a natural cause of life. We are holding on to it because we say, this is how I am. This is who I am. I will never change. I can never change. <laughs> I once remember a certain man, a story of a certain man who was being, he was giving counsel. And one pastor said to him, look, if you want to be successful you you have to change i mean you have to stop talking like the way you're talking stop eating the way you eat i mean look at you you're just and he was giving him counsel and when he finished the man looked at him and said to him pastor let it be known to you this is who i am 
I can never change. I have never changed. And I will never, ever, ever change. (laughs) He said, but I just want you to know I can never change. I will never change. And I can never, I have never changed. He said, but I still want you to give me advice anyway. Tell me what can help me as I am like this. (laughs) You see, in many cases, we do not say things like that. But that is how we tend to live life. So most of us come to church, most of us come to church, most of us come to God, and we are in essence telling God, look God, I came here to just be born again. Look, 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 look. I don't want, I'm not here to change. I'm not here to be a different person. The things I used to do before I became born again, I'm fine with it. Look, (laughs) look, look, I'm okay. I'm okay thinking the way I talked. I'm okay talking the way I talked. I'm okay having the same friends that I had. I'm okay mixing with the people that I mix with. I'm not here to change God. I cannot afford to be a church rat. No, nehi. It shall never be. It has never been. It can never be. Wow. Say wow. Yeah. Most of us are like that. Most of us are like that. So we are protecting something. But if you think about it, that's which you protect is going to be your end and your destruction. That's why the Bible says that there is a way that seems right unto a man. But the end, the end. You see, when you're on that way, eh, you, you will never ever foresee that this is what you become, that you will become a poor beggar when you are much older. You never see it. You never see that you will become a nervous wreck. You will never see that you're a frustrated person. You will never see your unhappy life, your impending doom, because the way always seems right. Just just place your hand on your heart. God, I pray that you will give us understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Listen, very important. It's a way that seems right. Like it looks like this is this is the right thing. This is the right thing. The way that seems right never seems wrong. But it is wrong. But it is at the end that it speaks. It is at the end that it becomes obvious. It is at the end that it becomes obvious whether you were doing the right thing or whether you were not doing the right thing. All right. I remember when I was younger, when I was younger, I used to have this thing where um, the lights would be switched off and I would sleep and I would become disoriented. I wouldn't know where the door is. I wouldn't know where anything is. So I would get up and... I remember one day my mom was calling me at night just outside my door and she was calling my name and calling my name. I said, yes, mommy, I'm coming, I'm coming. And, and I got up from, and I got up, jumped out of bed and I was running. And, and I, when I ran, I hit the wall. Boom. I said, oh, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. And I was trying to open the wall and, and she said, where are you? I said, I'm just here now. I'm, I'm, I'm opening the door. <laughs> And then she opened the door and switched on the light. You wouldn't believe where I was. You see, the door was directly opposite where I was. I was standing next to the wardrobe and I was trying to pull the wardrobe open and enter inside. Yeah. 
<laughs> I was trying to, I was looking, pulling the wardrobe open so that I can enter inside the wardrobe. You see, at that point, everything on the inside of me was telling me that is the door. There is a way that seems right. But the end there eh, is destruction. I, imagine me running into my wardrobe, running at full speed to respond to my mom. And I would have just hit a pile of hangers, <laughs> falling in clothes. You see, probably had a minor abrasion. But it seemed like I was at the right place. Everything inside me was telling me this is the door. This is the door. Darkness looks like light until the end of the road. Yeah. Yeah. Matthew chapter 9, please. Look with me in the book of Matthew chapter number 9, verse 16 and verse 17. Verse 16 and verse 17. Look at look at something that the danger of not of not changing vessels, of not being a setting. You see, in order to be okay, let's just read it first. Matthew chapter 9, verse 16 and verse 17. If you are there, please say. Amen. All right. I'm waiting for you. If you are there, say amen. All right. God bless you. It says, No one patches an old garment with a piece of unshrunk cloth because the patch pulls away from the garment and the worst tear results. Nor do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the wineskins will burst, the wine will spill out, and the skins will be ruined. Instead, they pour new wine into fresh wineskins, and boats are preserved. Look at it. Jesus again is talking about the the very revelation of a change of vessel. If you want new wine, you cannot remain old wine skin, because you would cause you will cause damage. It will you will you will have worse results. This is why a lot of us a lot of us try to practice things. A lot of us try to do things. I hear I I once met someone and, you know. For a, for a very long time, this guy was always telling me, look, I want to I wanna walk for God. I want to be a great man of God. I want to be a pastor. And he told me one day, he said, look, teacher T, I want to be like you. How can I walk in the anointing and in the presence of the Holy Spirit? And I was telling him, okay, do this and do this and do this. Now I realize that the reason it didn't seem to work for him because every time he would tell me he said i tried it it didn't work i did this one it didn't work i did the other thing it didn't work i don't know he said that god didn't call me and i'll be asking myself huh, how come i'm living this life and he's i'm telling him exactly what i'm doing and he's not having results now i realize that what i didn't tell him was this was what jesus said if any man would follow me let him lose himself yeah deny himself is what jesus said exactly he said let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me i forgot 
And I didn't know at that point in my life that he had to be like Teacher T to receive what was on Teacher T and what was in Teacher T and what was flowing through Teacher T. I didn't know. And I was telling him things and they didn't work. And for many of you, this is why things don't work because you don't change. Like rather than changing, you see, everybody is a kind of vessel. And Jesus said, if you take new clothes and fix on old clothes, the new piece of cloth would rather take away from the old piece of cloth. You have to change. Something has to change. You see, just saying this alone is stirring up a well of prayer on the inside of me. A well of prayer. I feel like I should just pray. I feel like I should pray. Lord, give me help. All right? It says the wine would burst and spill out. And both the wine and the wineskin will be damaged they will be damaged you cannot live the kind of life that you think that god has designed you to live being the same kind of person that you are right now you you, you really can't you really can't you really can't you see one reason i always advise that young people read in fact human beings in general but especially a young person young people should read history and biography is because the bible says in the book of ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 9 it says that which is is that which has been and that which was is that which shall be for there is nothing new under the sun nothing is new under the sun that is what that is what that is what the word of god says that is what the word of god says that that which is is that which shall be and that which has been you know it's a very twisted scripture <laughs> it's 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 a tongue twister of a scripture but if you think about it ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 9 you will come to certain realizations you will come to certain realizations amen and one of those realizations is this one of those things is this is that in a very very general way we can oftentimes in a very very general way we can oftentimes in a general way predict the future in a general way we can oftentimes predict the future you see, we don't have to be prophets to understand that nothing, everything that happened yesterday is a repetition today in our modern age. There's nothing new. There's no new sin. There's no new sin. There were fraudsters in the in the olden days. There were fraudsters. In the, in the Bible, there were fraudsters. There were fraudsters in the Bible. Yes. In Bible days, imagine there were fraudsters. They were killers. They were hired assassins. They were murderers. They were all every everything that they think about. They were homosexuals. Yeah. They were bad presidents. They were good presidents. They were they were cuss words in the Bible. In the olden days, they were cuss words. 
everything that is happening today is absolutely the same the difference is the era of technology that's the difference the fact that it has always there was there was pornography in those days the difference is that we were not we you see the difference between the pornography of today and the pornography of those days is that we have it in our pockets people had to go to very special places to watch these things live yeah to watch people i once read a history where where americans would take black people as slaves and would put them in a cage like animals and make them have sex while they watch yeah make them have sex a man and a woman a man and a man and make them have sex and watch them like that like they're watching movies yes in fact this is where the concept of pornography is it came from slavery using slaves for sex sex pleasures just just watching them have sex that's what they that's what they did to them yeah you see these evils have been there for a very long time nothing is new under the sun in other words in other words if i read history i can see and i can know in a general way how your life would go i can know from history how the way you are doing things right now how you would be in 50 years in 25 years in 30 years in 10 years and in five years i can tell in a general way and i will not be wrong and i would not have to be a prophet to do it yes history why because every single one of us is following a trajectory we are a certain kind of vessel some of us are wooden vessels we are ordinary vessels we live as ordinary we do things that that entail and make sure that we become ordinary people in life those are the things that we do we make sure that we become ordinary people in life all right and it can be predicted that by the way your life is going in 10 years this man will be poor he's doing exactly what you know say a certain kind of person did in the past yeah if you look at what's happening in the government of your country you can see that every leader is a splitting image of a leader that once existed yes every leader in the world everybody follows the same trend of history nothing is generally new under the sun nothing nothing is generally new under the sun all right this is why this is why we must learn how to change you cannot be the person you are right now and expect that you're gonna have and a special life in order for you to to have a special life or to be a special person you can choose to be special that's something i want you to know you can choose to be special say i choose to be special and when you choose to be special now what you have to do is what are special people doing what do special people do how do special people do things 
I'll give you some examples of people who were ordinary and who became special. Moses had a servant. The Bible says in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, And now Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister. Joshua was Moses' minister. <laughs> By minister, it didn't mean that Moses was in his congregation. What it actually meant was that Moses was his servant, um, um, that that um, Joshua was a servant, rather, of Moses. Joshua was a servant of Moses, a servant. How did a servant become leader, president? You see, in Moses' day, Moses was the Benjamin Netanyahu, that is the, the prime minister of Israel. Yeah, Moses was the prime minister, the president. How did a servant become president? Think about it. If you read the Bible, you will see something truly amazing. God said to Moses, he said, And now, the same way I was with Moses, I will be with you. He said, therefore, the instructions that I gave him, do it from when Joshua was a servant. Joshua began to see how his master lived his life. In Moses' closing speech, Moses said a word to Joshua. He said, you have followed me as a servant and have served me well. And you have served the Lord thy God with me. He was, he was, he was imitating. You see, Joshua knew, look, I'm a servant boy. I cannot, for me to be a special person like Moses... In order, look, look, the one thing you must understand is this. Joshua and Moses were two very different kind of leaders. Moses was a teacher. Joshua was never a teacher. If you read the Bible, you never find Joshua was a warrior and a servant. That is all Joshua was. That is all Joshua was. But what made Joshua become a special kind of person? What made Joshua do exactly the same kind of miracles that Moses did? What made Joshua cause the sun to stand still? What made Joshua to split the seas open? What made Joshua to conquer cities? How did Joshua do exactly the same things with the spirit of Moses? As though Joshua was another, he was like another version of Moses. How? How? Because he had to become a vessel. He changed his vessels in order for Joshua to actually have the results Moses had. Joshua had to do things that Moses did. He had to see life as Moses saw it. He had to change. He had to lose himself, deny himself in order to have the kind of special results that Moses was having. You see, his vessel changed, so he served. One of the things about serving is that you have to do the will of your master. He served. He served. He served. There are many of us today listening to me. You truly want to do amazing things for God. You truly want to do amazing things. You want God, you're praying, you want God to use you to heal the sick, to raise the dead to go around the world preaching the good news. 
you want the power of the holy spirit you want millions of people to listen to the message that you preach you want to have an impact on the whole world you want to you want to win souls for god but in order for you to do that you have to follow the example of joshua joshua learned to lose himself to deny himself and to become like another he learned to follow yeah he learned to follow all right there are many examples of this many 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 in the bible another example of this is paul and timothy it's paul and timothy all right all right paul and timothy Paul called Timothy his son because he said, because you have followed me. You have followed me. I mean, Timothy was such a splitting image. The history of Timothy has it that Timothy was a splitting image of Paul. Or should I say a spitting image of Paul. Timothy followed Paul until he was like Paul, both in body and in mind. Both in spirit and in results. Paul said, just like me. I remember one time in the Bible, Paul said, he was writing a letter. I can't remember to what church. He said, but I'm sending Timothy to you because he will do things as I do things. Wow. It means that Timothy was a man of extraordinary revelation also. And he was a young boy. He was a young boy. Timothy was a bishop of three million people. And he was a very young boy. Why? Why? Because Timothy knew something that most of you don't know. That in order to be a special person, you have to change your vessels. You have to change. You have to change. You have to change. You have to become like others. You, you see, I told you about following history. When you, you have to follow history. You have to follow history. All right? Some time ago, a very wonderful friend of mine one day called me and he said, look, he said, Teacher T, I noticed that before I was on your side, I said, oh, you were on my side? What, what, what happened? He said, I was on your side when it comes to the blessing. I said, well, okay. He said, you know, the blessing uh, is the revelation that God has given us concerning how to prosper in the kingdom of God, you know? the concept of tithes and offerings and seeds and, and the activations of faith in doing these things. And he said something to me. He said, before I was on your side, though, I was on your side because I believe that that titan is under the law. It's not under grace. And he was explaining and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. And then he said, but now I'm no longer, I mean, both of us, we are men of God, but I'm not really, really on your side. I don't support you. I don't support you. Now, this is the thing. Today, I am traveling, but he's stuck in one place, being a local. He's not even a champion. He's not even a champion. But I said something to him those years ago. I said, it is important that we learn to follow the visible signs of the anointing at work in someone or the grace of God mightily at work in someone. Paul talks about a grace that works mightily in him effectually. I said, if as a believer you want to prosper, you don't go looking at Bill Gates. You don't go looking at Steve Jobs. 
Because these people don't know the word of God. And for a different kingdom, there is a different kind of principle. And you cannot be in light and practice the kingdom of men. The Bible calls the wisdom of man sensual and evil. All right? But God has his own wisdom and the Bible calls that wisdom pure. Pure. The wisdom of God is pure and peaceable. And in different, in different kingdoms, there are different rules. I cannot be reading Steve Jobs and reading the principles of economics so that I can prosper in the kingdom of God. It doesn't work. You cannot be old vessels coming for new wine. No. I said that to him. And I said, when you want to prosper, you look in the kingdom of light at those who are extraordinary, at those whom the grace of God is mightily at work in through prosperity. And then I started to name. I said, one of those people amongst the myriads of people, Kenneth Hagin was prosperous. I said, Kenneth Hagin was prosperous. I said, um, Kenneth Copeland, prosperous, very prosperous. All right? Yeah. I said, Bishop David Oyedepo, very prosperous. Pastor Chris Oyakilome, very prosperous. And, and these are just the very few examples within, let's just say, within the scope of the people that we know people that we know in the kingdom who are making massive moves in Jesus's powerful name. I said, if you look through the Bible also, and you see men who prospered, you will see Abraham was prosperous, very rich. Isaac was prosperous, very rich. Jacob was prosperous, very rich. I said, if you go down to the new testament we see the church very prosperous because of collections the bible says collections and they brought such as they had one of the things most people don't know is that the early church was a jewish church they were jews they were jews all right we we forget the jewish sides yeah, we forget that Paul was a Jew and Paul was teaching the church also how to prosper. And implicitly, he was speaking about these things called collections. In the history of the church, the word collections was used either as a word blessing or as a word seed, as a word offering or collections. Inclusive of these things was something general that Abraham lived Isaac lived, Jacob lived, Kenneth Hagin lived, Kenneth Copeland lived, Pastor Chris lives, you know, um, 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 Bishop David Oyedepo lives, and several other very, 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 very graced and blessed people in the body of Christ. And I was saying to this man, I said to him, I said, when you want to learn how to sew clothes, you don't go to a medical doctor. You go to a seamstress or a tailor and they teach you how to sew clothes because it's his profession. You can see the visible signs of tailoring at work in him. You can see it manifestly at work in him. 
you can see that he's great at it. When you want to be a doctor, you go to medical schools because there is a, you know, visible sign that goes with being a doctor. Doctors will teach doctors. I said, but if I want to learn how to be a doctor and I go to a laundry professional, yeah, and I say to this laundry professional, to an IT professional, and I say, teach me how to suture people. Teach me how to carry out surgeries. <laughs> you know, how many of you will like to be operated upon by a nurse, an auxiliary nurse, <laughs> or a pharmacist? You just, you just die. You just know that, hey, my life, the chances of survival, 20%. 10%, sometimes 1%, because they will open the wrong place. They will touch the wrong liver. And something has spilled like banana. They crushed your, your kidney. Yeah. You see, and so I said to this very young friend of mine, I said, listen, I said, when you see someone having the results that you desire, you have to change into becoming that kind of vessel. You have to do the wise things that these people are doing. They cannot be fools. And it's the same thing that many people are plagued with in the body of Christ. Many people are plagued with it in the body of Christ. They cannot change. You see, churches that cannot change. See, in order for Plephon, for our ministry, to become a certain kind of ministry, to become a mega church, to become a church of thousands to become a nation within a nation in order for our ministry to become that kind of ministry we have to change vessels we have to do what churches did in the book of acts we have to do what churches that are massively growing today are doing we have to become a coke bottle to receive coca-cola yes we have to become that. It's the same thing with your life, right? Amen. I hope you understand this. I really hope you understand this. Now, there are things to change. There are things to change. There are things to change. And I'm going to tell you six things to change. Praise the Lord. Six basic things to change for your life to be changed. The first thing you have to change to become a vessel, a special vessel, is to change your vision. Is to change your vision. Yeah, to change your vision. All right? Say change your vision. Say change my vision. Yeah. Now, I want you to, do you remember the story of the 12, was it the 12 spies? Yeah, the 12 spies who were sent to go and check out the land Canaan and uh, these 12 spies in the book of Numbers chapter 13 I want you to check it out at your very very wonderful time check it out make sure you open it and make sure you check it out Numbers chapter 13 verse 25 to verse 35 all right and in there you know the people came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel. And they were telling them, oh, this is the report that we have. 
And now the Bible said in the 27th verse, it says, um, we came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and it is fruit, it is, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, <laughs> and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Now, the sons of Anak, these were people who were born of angels. They were giants, extraordinary people, huge men. Those were the sons of Anak, the Anakims. All right. And then they said something. <laughs> they said, they said, um, now look at it in the 30th verse. The Bible says, and Caleb calmed the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. But look what the children, the other guys said. He says, but the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. You see that? You see that? They brought up an evil report. You see, what Caleb was seeing, the people were not seeing. Their vision was different, very different. So what kind of vessel were they? In order for them to be a certain kind of vessel, the Bible says that out of that whole generation, only Joshua and Caleb lived to, to enter into the promised land. Out of that whole generation, the other generation died. Now, I, I want you to specially check the book of Numbers 14. We, we just checked Numbers 13. If you go to Numbers 14 from verse 1 to, to 9, you see something amazing. The Bible said that the other guys, Caleb was one man against 10 people and the other guys had convinced the children of israel to see things the way that they did the bible says and they convinced them and in numbers 14 verse 1 the bible says and all the children lifted up their voice and cried and the people wept that night <laughs> they were crying they said hey they imagine hearing that nephilims were in the land these were sons born of angels you know, when angels had coupled with, with women in those days, they gave birth to extraordinary beings. Yeah, they gave birth to extraordinary beings. This is where the stories of people like Hercules and all of these things that we call myths and legends, they are actually true in many, many senses. They are, they are actually true. They were born of angels, born of angels, spirits you know, who took on physical forms and left their dominion and left their realm and came and dwelt amongst men and laid with women. Yeah. Oftentimes when you read about the history of these people, people like Hercules, people like uh, 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 um, Goliath and all of this, these people were very real people. They were very real people. They were born of these fallen angels. And one of the history that they share is usually after these angels would sleep with them, after these, the, the people never knew who their fathers were. Yeah, they never knew who their fathers were. They grew up without fathers and became extraordinary people. And now that is what they were telling them that, look, the Nephilims, men born of, of fallen angels, live inside that place. And they are giants. They were usually giants somewhere as tall as 15 feet 
muscular. Imagine that the Bible says that um, 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 the Anakims, the sons of Anak, the Nephilims, many had as much as, you know, 24 digits. That is six fingers on the left, six fingers on the right, six toes on the left and six toes on the right. And then they were giant men as tall as 15 feet. Imagine, imagine that these were the people. And you can imagine the, me describing it to you. And I'm, and I'm telling you, if we go, <laughs> look, they said to them, they said to them, we were as grasshoppers in their sight. <laughs> we were like grasshoppers. That was the evil report. And now when the, the congregation saw it, they bought into this vivid picture. They couldn't see as Caleb saw. And Caleb said, these people are bread for us. Let's go. The Bible says, and they cried unto God. And they said, God, you brought us out of Egypt so that we could fall by the sword in this place. And our wives and children will be praised. Is, was it not better? Is it not better if we return to Egypt? This is what they were saying in Numbers 14. It's not better. Yeah. And guess what they said in the fourth verse of Numbers 14? And they said one to another, let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. My goodness. You see, because of what they saw, they couldn't become a certain kind of people. They couldn't become a special people that God had called out because they were seeing things a different way. Now, in order for you, all right, in order for you to become a certain kind of special person, you have to see things that the vessels whom God is specially using see, see things the way they see it. The Bible says about Jesus, the Bible says when Jesus had come down from the mountain and he saw the, the, he saw, um, the people, the crowds coming up to him, he said, and he saw them that they were like sheep, sheep without shepherd scattered and he had compassion on them and he called them and he preached to them, he taught them and he healed their sick. As a church, we have to see as Jesus sees. We have to see the people as sheep scattered without a shepherd. We have to bring them to church. We have to bring them to the fold of God. Bring them to church that they would see. Because if we don't see like Jesus sees, then we cannot be the kind of special vessel that Jesus was while he was here in this world. We cannot be that kind of person. He said, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep scattered. Oh, oh, just thinking about it breaks my heart. Seeing people scattered, going for parties all night, drunken revelries, in buses, going about looking for women, pursuing money, going after dreams. They're like sheep scattered without a shepherd, drinking, smoking, taking alcohol, being driven by evil, joining evil gangs and cults and doing demonic things and ruining their lives. Young people like you and I, young people like you and I, if we don't lift up our eyes and see as Jesus sees, like sheep without a shepherd, if you do not become a shepherd to people, if you, you see, one of the things that shepherd does is that he brings the sheep 
into green pasture. Remember Psalm chapter 23, verse 1 and verse 2. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It says he makes me lie down in green pastures. He didn't say I he didn't say I lie down in green pastures. He makes me, he causes me to lie down in green pastures. People don't know green pastures. People don't know green pastures. That's why we bring people to church. That's why we convince them to come to church. If you are not that kind of person, how can you be specially used by God? If you are not seeing what Jesus sees, the Bible says he leads me in the path of righteousness. He does what he leads. You lead people to church. Lead them to church. All roads lead to my church. Look, come to Plethon. Come here. Come here and hear the word of God. Come here. Your life will be changed. Come here. He leads me in the path of righteousness. God's church. God's church. Working through us is the path of righteousness. Yeah. If we don't see like Jesus, we would be like the children of Israel who said, let us leave Moses. Let us choose a captain. Let's go back. Imagine the children of Israel going back, going back. When they got to the Red Sea, how would they have crossed it? You know, they don't even, they, they, they didn't think about it. So there was no Moses to lead them. They would have chosen one ordinary zombie. He would have just been going with them and they would be singing and saying, hey, we're finally going back to Egypt. And then they will get there. <laughs> when they get to the Red Sea, they say, hey, we need Moses. We need Moses. Then if they adventure, they cross the Red Sea by creating boats or a bridge and they cross over the Red Sea. What will happen then? They will now get to Egypt. And when they get to Egypt, they will now, the Egyptians will now say to them, you guys killed our king and his best army today you will see pepe or would they have thought that the egyptians would just forgive them and say okay come back come back take your positions as slaves they would have killed them in revenge but no these people were not thinking because they were a certain kind of vessel they were not seeing the right things they were not seen as the children of god they were not seen and many of us are not looking at the world around us we are not seen like jesus sees we're not seeing like Jesus see. So you have to see like vessels see. You have to see. You have to see as like vessels see. The second thing that you have to change is your thinking. Your thinking. All right? All right? Check this out with me. Matthew chapter number 17, verse 16 and verse 17. Matthew chapter 16 chapter did i say chapter 16 chapter 17 verse 16 and verse 17 are you there if you are there please say amen okay as he's in verse 16 and verse he says and i brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him now this is jesus um the man talking about his son who had an epileptic bout and Jesus was at a mountain where he was transfigured with Peter, James, and John. And when he came down, he found the other nine struggling with one small situation. And they could, they, 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 the man said that they apparently couldn't solve the problem because the boy was still convulsing on the floor. And the Bible said something. Look what Jesus said to them in the 17th verse of Matthew chapter 17. He said, and Jesus answered and said, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? 
bring him to me. You see, why? Jesus was so, Jesus felt so embarrassed. He felt so embarrassed. It was an awkward situation. He said, you've been with me so long. How can you be with me so long and you're not thinking as I'm thinking? You're not seeing, you're not thinking. I'm, your mindset, he said, you are a faithless generation. Their mindsets was not filled with faith. Their hearts were filled with unbelief. They were faithless. Yeah. The word of God was not ruling their thinking the way the word of God was ruling the thinking of Jesus. They were seeing things different from how Jesus was seeing things. They were thinking differently from how Jesus would think about how to deal with the situation like this. And Jesus said, you are a perverse generation. You are perverts, mental perverts. You see, check this out with me again in the book of Proverbs chapter 13. It will, it will help you understand why Jesus was saying that. Because Jesus was expecting, look, he was thinking, look, if I've been with you so long, my mindset will be your mindset. And if my mindset is your mindset, then your results will be my results. In Proverbs chapter 4, the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence. Proverbs 4 verse 20. I believe, or 21. It says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Failure comes from your mind, from your mindset. And now these people were failing at delivering certain kind of Jesus level results. And it was because they were perverse in their minds. They were thinking the wrong way. They were thinking differently than Jesus. All right? Yeah. So change your thinking, adjust your thinking, adjust your thinking. To think, adjust your thinking, to think like the, the right vessels. Like those people whom God are using, what are they thinking? Look how Jesus taught, look how Jesus taught. Jesus said, he said, Jesus said, the harvest is plenteous, but the workers are few. He was thinking about the harvest. That's how Jesus was thinking. Jesus said, the Son of Man has not, has not come for the righteous, but has come for sinners. He says, for I have come to seek and to save that which was lost. I have come to seek and to save. This was Jesus' mindset. Jesus stayed in one place for a while. And when he stayed and the people pled, pleaded with him that, please, Jesus, we don't want you to go. And Jesus said, I have not come for only you, but I have come for others also. This is how Jesus, Jesus was thinking about others every time. His life was thinking about others. He was thinking about those who were lost to the kingdom of darkness. Those who needed to be brought in. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. In order to become a, a vessel, a special kind of vessel like Jesus, you have to think as Jesus taught. It has to be a prior priority. Look at the book of Proverbs chapter 13 proverbs chapter 13 proverbs chapter 13 and verse 20 proverbs 13 verse 20 look what it says you're gonna love this and i'm sure that it's gonna stay in your spirit you should memorize it he that walketh with wise men shall be wise wow you see that you see that I'll read it to you from the ISV. It says, he who keeps company with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools <laughs> suffers harm. Why? Because you will think 
with the crowd you flow with. You would think with your company. Adjust your thinking. To think like the vessel you want to be. To think like the vessel you want to be. Think like that. Look at the way of thinking. Think the way I think. Think the way I think. Think like that. Look at the world. The world is bigger than you. Look at look at your city. Look at your neighborhood. Look at sin having dominion everywhere. Look at look at unrighteousness ruling. The harvest is plenteous. That's what Jesus is saying. The harvest is plenteous. I have come to seek and to save. Jesus was thinking like a savior so that we can think like saviors. There's a prophecy like that in the Old Testament. He says, and out of Zion shall come forth saviors. Make yourselves saviors of men. Think like a savior. Think like a savior. Think like a savior. Don't be saved and be safe alone in church. There is no safety for you when there is sin abounding in the world around you. There is no safety. Have you not discovered it? Have you not discovered there is no safety for you? There is no safety. If you love your life, you will lose it. When you go hiding, you will definitely lose all the things that you have. So you lose your phones, you lose your shoes, you lose your money. Why? Because you are loving your life and you are eventually losing it. But he that hated his life for my sake. Look, look at the way Jesus taught. Oh, glory to God. That is the wisdom of God. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you. That is the wisdom of God. Think like Jesus. Think like Jesus. Think like Jesus. Think like Jesus. Amen. That is just so powerful. That is radical, isn't it? It's radical. The other thing to change is prayer. Is prayer. In the book of Acts chapter 4 verse 13, you're going to see something very, very blessed there. Something that would really bless your life. Acts chapter number 4 and verse 13. Look what it says. The Bible says, now when the Jewish um, Acts 4.13 It said, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. You see, their, their, their way of thinking and their way of talking had changed. Their manner of life, their results had changed. And these men looked, took knowledge of them and said, Ah, these guys... They have changed vessels. That's what they were saying in other words. See, these guys have changed vessels. They are like Jesus. They have been with Jesus. You see, they have been with Jesus. Jesus Christ had an accent of a Galilean, even though he was not a Galilean. Yeah, Jesus had an accent of a Galilean. And Peter, James, John, these guys were not Galileans, but they began to sound like Galileans. They had a wisdom about them when they spoke like men who came from heaven. Why? Because in order for them to be a special people, they had to change their vessels and they became special people. The Bible says they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. That is so powerful. That is so radical. Wow. Now, in the 23rd and in the 24th verse, look what the Bible says. Look what the Bible says. 
in the 23rd and the 24th verse. It says, and being let go, they went to their own company and reported all the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Powerful. You see, you see, look at like vessels praying, like vessels praying, like vessels praying. Follow the prayer lifestyle of the kind of vessel you want to be. Follow the prayer lifestyle of the kind of vessel you want to be. An average Christian, look, when I say average, I mean like a most basic Christian, like somebody who is still carnal, a carnal Christian would pray for one hour. That is that is an ordinary Christian, a simple, normal, very normal, very basic Christian, not an extraordinary Christian, not somebody who is special, not somebody who chooses to be special. Yeah. I remember one day I was reading about, you know, John G. Lake who was a very precious spiritual father to me. And John G. Lake had prayed to a point where in a certain day he would pray for us long as six hours in a day. And he would come out in the power of the Spirit and stand by the door of his church to welcome people. And six feet from him, when he stretched his hand to say hello to them, they, would, they all fell to the ground without one person missing it. And this was a church with over a thousand people. And each one fell to the ground when he was saying welcome to them. And I said, wow, this is an example to follow. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 says what? It says do not be lazy. It means do not have the vessel of a lazy person. Like a, 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 a vessel that wants great results but will not change it's a lazy vessel a slothful vessel slothful yeah it's a part that is going in darkness but thinks it is light yeah the bible says stolen water is sweet that's the part the part that thinks that the wrong things that they are doing is is what is the right thing to do yeah yeah and you see and i learned like that and there's a certain man of god who taught me how to pray his name is Andrew Murray. His name is Andrew Murray, a man of great prayer. A man of great prayer. He taught me how to pray. And Andrew Murray was so given to the power of prayer. And the other person who specifically taught me how to pray was the man, Brother Lawrence, in the practice of the presence of God. And Andrew Murray wrote a, a book called Abiding in the Presence of God. And he wrote another book called With Christ in the School of Prayer. Hey, see name of books. Get these books. All right, follow my patterns. And you know what? And I saw that one could actually stay in the place of prayer. Though there was one thing, there was one thing that Andrew Murray spoke about. Andrew Murray said something. He said, Lord. Make me a walking tabernacle of prayer. Oh, Lord, make me a walking tabernacle of prayer. While I eat, let me pray. While I sing, let me pray. While I sleep, let me pray. While I walk on the road, let me pray. While I greet people, let me pray. 
Make me a walking tabernacle of prayer. A walking tabernacle of prayer. When I saw these words, my heart exploded. And I said, Lord, thinking about it now, my friends, my heart, my heart was to explode into feats of prayer. Just make me a tabernacle of prayer. And I said, God, I don't want to pray for 30 minutes anymore. I don't want to pray for one hour anymore. I want to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Those of whom the world is not worthy of. Extraordinary men. I said, Lord, I want to be extraordinary. That's what I said. Glory to God. I said, Lord, I really want to be extraordinary. Teach me to pray. I want to pray. And I made up my mind. I said, I'm going to pray every day to the Lord for a minimum of 10 hours. 10 hours a day. Walking. And while I'm talking, I'm praying. While I'm reading, I'm praying. While I'm thinking, I'm praying. When I'm working, I'm praying. When I'm walking, I'm praying. One day, I was in a room with a certain guy and I was praying. And while I was praying, I was sleeping. And when I woke up in the morning, the guy said to me, he was my roommate when I was in school. He tapped me and he said, he said, see, I said, what? He said, do you know that when you sleep, you talk in your sleep? I said, I've heard. I've heard rumors. He said, but you don't just talk in your sleep. You speak in tongues and you prophesy. And when he said it, I screamed, glory to God. Woo! It's really happening. It's really happening. It's really happening. Yeah. Though I sleep, yet my spirit prayeth. David said the same thing. Yeah. He said, my heart longs for you in, in the night. On my pillow, my heart is crying for thee, O God. Be a person of prayer like vessels. Jesus was a man who prayed. Jesus was a man of prayer. He spent most nights praying. He spent most nights praying. In order for Jesus to choose the people that he chose. And look what Jesus said in prayer also. You see, the Bible says something. The Bible says, Jesus said, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. He said, pray ye therefore. Pray. Pray ye therefore. Ergates. Pray to be consumed with prayer. Can you say this with all your heart? Lord, that I may be a walking tabernacle of prayer. A walking tabernacle of prayer. When I'm writing exams and praying. Look what the Bible says about Jesus. The Bible said when Jesus went to be baptized by John the Baptist. And John the Baptist said, no, I cannot baptize you. You are the one to baptize me. And Jesus said, suffer it to be so for now. For it becometh us that we must fulfill all righteousness. And the Bible said, and when John held him and dipped him in the water. And brought him out of the water. The Bible says, and Jesus came out of the water praying. That you will come into the heart of the Father and that you will call upon his name for he will answer you and he will show you great and mighty things that you do not know for in the heart of the Father is the glory of God the beauty of heaven and the powers of the life to come. 
pray thank you lord pray 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 follow those who pray follow those who pray i wanted to walk in the presence of god and i found out that the only way to walk in the manifest presence of god was to learn to be in the place of prayer constantly communicating with god while you are carrying out human activities while you are carrying out everyday activities and i learned that from brother lawrence in the book called the practice of god's presence and i learned that now today you are seeing the presence of god manifest and you want to have the same results like me you have to be a walking tabernacle of prayer thank you lord jesus amen the next thing to change is evangelism number four evangelism in john chapter 20 verse 21 look what jesus said john chapter number 20 and verse 21 look what jesus said jesus said to them again peace be unto you as my father had sent me even so send I you evangelism in order to become a mighty vessel in the hand of God Jesus said that the father's mission is to be your mission take on Jesus's mission take on Jesus's cause don't have a cause of your own don't have a purpose of your own that is why the cause of plethon is to have a mega church look to have a church with thousands of people in it one thousand five thousand one hundred thousand people in it why because the assignment of jesus is the assignment of platform to bring in the lost sheep of israel through the compassion of god through the love of god you see we are bringing them in. So you must make Jesus' mission your own. Jesus said, look, many of us are looking for a new kind of purpose. We, are, we say, I don't know my purpose. God, I want God to tell me why I'm here. Jesus has just told you why you are here. He said, as the Father sent me, my mission is your mission. My vision is your vision. My goal is your goal. This is Jesus speaking after his death. So, so he's not saying that you should go and die, but he's saying that you should go and become saviors of men. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20, you would see what Jesus said there and it's going to blow your mind. Look what he said. And Jesus came and spoke unto them saying all power in heaven is all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth go ye therefore go ye therefore go ye therefore say i will go say i will go i will go i will go i will go where jesus goes i will go where jesus goes he says go ye therefore and teach all nations why do you think i'm traveling why do you think I'm going around the world? Because there are others who have to hear this good news. There are others. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the, of the Holy Ghost. He said, go, go and bring people into the family. You see, that's the Father, the Son and the Holy Ghost. Bring them into the family of the divine. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And the 20th verse said, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. 
make Jesus' assignment your assignment. Preach. As special vessels preach. Preach what they preach. In Plefan, we have a message. Preach what we preach. Preach what we preach. If you want to be a special person, do what a special person is doing. I tell you the truth, my dear friends. I'm a special person. I'm a special person. Do as I do. Preach the gospel. Bring people to God. Compel them to God. Bring them to church. Don't just go and write on WhatsApp, say this after me, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. You are not doing the mission of Jesus. Is that what Jesus was doing? Someone said, no, Jesus was not on WhatsApp or he would have done that. No, the Bible says the son of man is, has come to seek. You're not seeking. You're typing. You look for the lost and to save them. Oh, bless God. Bless God, bless God, bless God, bless God. What a powerful blessing. What a powerful blessing. What a powerful blessing. I want to read to you something that is going to bless you. All right? All right? Look at what the Bible says. I want you to open your Bible with me, please, to the book of Obadiah, chapter 1. All right? Are you there? Obadiah chapter 1. Obadiah chapter 1, verse 21. Look what it says. Hallelujah. Look what it says. And I don't want you to ever forget it. Look at that scripture. Never forget it. It says, and saviors, and saviors, not a savior, and saviors, saviors, not a savior, saviors shall come up on Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau, and the kingdom shall be the Lord's, and saviors shall come, saviors shall come, saviors shall come. Oh Lord, oh Lord, saviors shall come. Make yourself saviors of men. I'm a savior of men. I'm a savior of men. I'm a savior of men. Imagine someone, I once was watching a documentary of someone being saved in um, out of drowning. And when the person got into the water and was struggling, you know, the guy jumped into the water and went to him, held him, you know, by the, by the shoulder from behind and began to swim with him to the shore. And while I was looking at that, I discovered, wow, this guy is a savior. He saved a drowning man. And I thought about the problem. You see, but in order for him to save him, he didn't just swim to him. He didn't just hold him. He didn't just help him to float. He took him to land. One of the, um, And that is, that is what it means to be a savior. Being a savior of men is not just to meet them where they are in the streets and to preach to them. It is not enough to save. It is not enough to swim to the man who is drowning in sin. It is not enough to, to, to swim to the man and hold him and tell him words like, don't worry, I'm here for you. If you, Jesus loves you and Jesus died for you and he wants to deliver you from your sin and you should be saved from the corruption that is in this world. It is not by works. It, it's not after you have said all of those beautiful things, will you not take him up to the dry land? so that he can walk in his natural elements will you not bring him to church if you have not brought him to church how have you saved him you took him to the water 
You went into the water for him. You went there, then you preached to him inside the water. And after that, you told him, don't worry, yeah, you, can, you will be okay. And you swam to dry land. Such a man shall drown again in his sins. Such a man will go back where he came from. Make yourself saviors of men. Make Jesus' mission your mission. Preach the gospel. Save men. Look, make yourself, if you are not doing these things, you are not a special vessel. You can confess about being special all that you want. You might as well stand out there and say, any, any, many, many more. Father had a donkey. And you never become a donkey from saying that. You never be a father with a donkey just from saying that. You have to become, your vessel has to change. Can you change from being who you are to becoming a savior? That is a powerful vessel. That is a powerful vessel. And if you become a bottle that is now called the savior bottle, guess what will be poured into you? The blood of Jesus. The power of the holy spirit signs and wonders and souls souls will follow you they will follow you to the house of our god they will follow you they will say i want to serve your god with you they'll say i want to i want to i want to i want to serve god with you i want to serve god with you amen that is such a powerful blessing praise god deuteronomy i believe deuteronomy chapter number um I think chapter 26 or there about 26, one of them. All right. Yeah. Mm. 26 verse 5. Deuteronomy chapter 26 verse 5. Look what God says. It says, And thou shalt speak and say before the Lord thy God, A Syrian ready to perish was my father. And he went down into Egypt and sojourned there with a few and became there a nation great mighty and populous powerful this is plefan this is plefan we went into egypt we went into egypt we went into america we went into nigeria we went into this city we went into that city and we were single men ready to perish hallelujah this is what a savior is ready to perish he says and we sojourned with a few now we are few now we are few but record these words he says and they became a nation we are a nation praise god we are a nation he says great mighty not only great not only mighty but populated praise the lord populated hallelujah populous populous if you would make yourself saviors of men if you would match souls to heaven, bring souls to church, being saviors. Being a savior is not only going where the sinners are. It's not only going from door to door and from people to people and having people to just preach the gospel to and standing with flyers. These things are not the things that change lives. But it is going out where the man is drowning, holding him by the hand or holding him by the shoulder and bringing him on dry land that is so powerful the next thing is to change in things to change is your finances change your finances follow those follow those who you can clearly see the evidence of financial blessings on look with me in the book of hebrews chapter number seven i want you to understand that the early church including paul was the writer of the book of hebrews arguably 
And in this place, Paul speaks of tithes. And he doesn't speak of it as though it were a bad thing. Look what Paul said. He said, for, from verse 1 to verse 9, please, you all have to read this. You have to read this. Open it, please. Open it. Open it. I'm waiting for you. Now, look what it says. It says, for this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham, returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first, by being, inter being by interpretation king of righteousness, and after also king of Salem, which is, which is what king of peace, without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of days, but made unto, like unto the Son of God, abiding, abided a priest continually. So when Abraham gave a gift to this king, this king of peace, to this man, this king of righteousness, this Melchizedek, he was actually given to a type of Christ. Abraham, Abraham was not given a tent to Moses. Abraham was not given a tent to Ten Commandments. Abraham wasn't given a tent to the Levites. Abraham was given a tent to Jesus. Abraham was given a tent to Jesus. Imagine that. Now look in, with me in the fourth verse. So, so you can see that, that, that Jesus endorsed tithes before he even came by sending a type of himself to receive the tithes so that Abraham could be a blessed man. Oh, praise God for men like Abraham. I'm in the Abrahamic covenant. I'm a seed of Abraham. If Abraham did that, if Abraham followed Christ, if Abraham did that and he was not under the law, I will never be foolish. I will never, I refuse to be foolish. You see, let's go on. In the fourth verse, look what it says. It says, now consider how great this man was. Unto him, even the patriarch Abraham gave the tent of the spoils. Think about it. He's saying, you, you, you think about it. How great this man was. A man who was not a priest after. He was a priest and a king unto God. But he was not a priest and a king with any genealogy that was known. He was a total type of Christ. Imagine such greatness. And Abraham, seeing this man, gave a portion to him. That's what he's telling you. Think about it. You think about it. I mean, if Abraham could do that, you think about it. You think about it. That's what he's asking you. Consider it. Consider it. Consider that mm, I should change and become a vessel like Abraham. Become a vessel like Abraham. If Abraham was blessed because he tithed to Christ, to Jesus, what about me? Can you think that? That's what he's telling you. Consider it. If he tithed. So it means that Abraham tithed to a new covenant. This is why Jesus came out of his loins. This is why Jesus was called the son of Abraham. Why? Or why Jesus was called the seed of Abraham. Why? Because Abraham was tied into a covenant that he was not, that, that was far ahead of him. What a blessing. Now continue. It says, and verily, verse 5, and verily, they that are the sons of Levi, 
who received the office of the priesthood have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law. So now he's saying this. He's saying that, look, tithing has always been under Christ since Abraham gave to a type of Christ. Tithing was never under the law. Tithing was, uh, has always been under Christ. 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 Melchizedek, a type of Christ. So tithing is directly under Christ. But you see, the law being a shadow of things to come. You see, because God needed a means by which these people, his chosen ones, will be blessed. And Jesus was not yet revealed. So God allowed Moses to adopt that which was for the new creation into the Old Testament or into the law. That's what he's trying to tell you. What a blessing. Do you see that? Oh, are your eyes being opened? Remember, we pray that the eyes of your understanding will be opened. Can you see what the Holy Spirit is truly showing you here? Can you see how spiritual this is? That this is, you have to change to become an Abrahamic vessel. What a powerful blessing. So that you can walk in prosperity and success all the days of your life. Yeah, yeah, be an Abrahamic vessel. Oh, thank you, Lord. So look what it says in the fifth verse. It says, according to the Lord, that is of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. Now look in the sixth verse. But he whose descent is not counted from the from them received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that had the promises. He blessed Abraham that had the promises. Look what Jesus said. He that is from above is above all. Now he's explaining. He said, look, Melchizedek didn't come from the lineage of Abraham, but he received tithes of Abraham. He's trying to tell you like Jesus Christ is not an ordinary man. When we give tithes, we're not giving to an, to, to an ordinary man. We are not giving to just human beings. He said we are giving to he. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing that? Whose descent is not counted from amongst men. Oh, what a powerful blessing. What a powerful blessing. He said if he received tithes. Look. Some people say, no, 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 through the promises of God, I will be blessed. This is what Abraham is saying. This is what, what, what Paul is revealing here. Paul is teaching the church a revelation. Paul said, Abraham had the promises, but he had to give his tithes to this man so that he would be blessed by him, even though he had the promises. These are the things that activate the promises in your life. Abraham knew. I don't know how Abraham knew it, but thank God for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. There was a wisdom about Abraham. I will follow. I said, I will follow. I said, I will follow. Will you follow? I said, I will follow. You say, I'm standing on the promises of God. I'm confessing the promises of God. But Abraham, the man who received the promises... The promises today that we confess, the blessing of the Lord makes me rich and add no sorrow with it. In Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, Abraham, who received these promises, who received the promise of redemption. The Bible says, Abraham rejoiced to see my days. What days do you think he was talking about? When he met with Melchizedek, he had seen his days. Oh, Shantamara Kelehiste. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? When he met Melchizedek, he had seen his days. Those, that was the first revelation Abraham had of Jesus when he met Melchizedek, the king of righteousness, the king of peace. He had seen his days. And even though he had received the promise, look what Melchizedek said when he met Abraham. He said, blessed be the God of Abraham. 
Hey, he's a day Abraham of the Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. He called Abraham of the Most High. He called him Abram. His name was Abram then. He said, Abram of the Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And despite having this promise, Abraham knew that something was going to make this promise come to pass in his life. And he gave a physical tenth portion to this man. That's what Paul is trying to say here. Now look what it says in the seventh verse. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. You are less. You are not, look, you are not Jesus. To be like Jesus is not to be Jesus. You are not Jesus. The Bible says, and saviors shall come. It didn't say the saviors shall come. You are just saviors. Jesus is the savior. We are like him in this world. We are not him. You are the lesser. You are the lesser. And he tells you that the blessing flows from the top to the bottom. It doesn't flow. You are not equal to God. Do not, do not be deceived. When you start thinking like, like maybe you and God, you are mates, like, like you don't give to God. God gives to you. Like, like, like it's God who is worshiping you. And eh? so it's not, you don't give things to God. You don't believe that there is, there is an obligation to fulfill in giving to God. You, you and God are now equal. That is the temptation Satan fell in. The temptation of equality. Attempting to think in a certain way. Thinking of equality the wrong way. And this is this is what, what Paul is saying. Paul is saying this. Paul is saying without controversy. Look, do not be deceived. Let there be no controversy in your life. The reason that you give your tithes is because you are the lesser. And Jesus is the better. And when you give this, you are blessed by the better by the greater oh thank you jesus christ look at the eighth verse it says and here here men that die receive tithes but there he receiveth them and of whom it is witness that he live so so you can see one thing here that tithes do not continue here on earth Tithe do not stop here on earth. Tithes continue in heaven. The Bible says, but there, that there, that there is in heaven. That there is in the heaven that we are all, we are all seeking to go. We will still give a portion to God there. It is a part of your worship. It is a part of the blessing. It is a part of the blessing. This is the mystery of tithes. This is, this is how Abraham enjoyed the days. So tithes are still happening in heaven today. I didn't write it. Look at it yourself in the eighth verse. Men here that die, we receive tithes. Why do we receive tithes today as pastors? It says that's why men, men who die receive tithes today. But we receive it today because we are standing in the office of Jesus. And when you give, you become blessed. You become blessed. This is your gateway for finances. I will follow. I don't know about you. I will never argue with it for the rest of my life. Millions of people will argue it, but I will never, I will never look at what Abraham did and spit on it. You know, there are people who say things like, Abraham was old news. Can you imagine someone saying Abraham was old news? Abraham was old covenant. Oh, you see, somebody one time said Jesus was an Old Testament prophet. Wow. Wow. What a word. What a thought. What evil is that? And look in the ninth verse. He said, and as I may so say, live I also, 
who received tithes, paid tithes in the new covenant to Abraham. What a powerful blessing. Levi paid tithes in Abraham. He paid tithes in Abraham. So even in the old covenant, even in the old covenant, they had tasted a type of the new covenant in Abraham. That is why they were blessed. Because inside of Abraham, they had received a portion of Jesus. Follow this example. Don't think that giving your tithes is like maybe you're doing God a favor. Or like you are you are doing something that is like a big thing, like, like you go to hell. Look, look, if tithes continue in heaven, then you must, you must understand that this is a very spiritual worship. Tithes don't stop here. If you listen to our message called the blessing of the Lord, in one of it, we talked about the 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 where tithes actually came from, the genesis of tithes. And in there you will find out that tithes actually began from a from, from Adam in the Garden of Eden. There is biblical evidence for it. God said to Adam, Of all of the fruits of the trees that are in this place, you can eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you may not eat. Now, the tree was producing fruit. Abraham had, God gave Adam 90% of the forest. And God said, this 10% belongs to me. So, in, that means whenever the tree of the fruit of the, the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil would be produced, Adam would pick the fruit off the floor and gather it and when god will come to walk with him in the cool of the day he will take that portion and give it to god that is a type of the tithes what a blessing what a blessing it is hard for people to believe that they will stand in judgment for the tithes because if tithes continue in heaven then it means that this is a heavenly order that is ordained today on earth this is the kingdom of god jesus said thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven Titan is the will of God. Titan is not an Old Testament thing. The Old Testament is a copy of it. Titan is a New Testament thing, first ordered and ordained by God, carried out and ratified by Abraham to Jesus Christ. And the Old Testament inside of Abraham tied to the New Covenant, which was better. Better things. Titan will change your life. Follow, follow follow be change your vessel change your vessel don't be poor don't be poor don't be don't stay like that don't allow the selfishness and wickedness that is inside of your heart to rob you from being god's best i think one of the reasons god wants you to tithe is because there is so much to do on this earth with money you cannot be poor god does not want poor people in his church he doesn't want them in his church because when you are poor the gospel cannot really go around the world thank you lord and the last one the last thing to change is principles all right so change your vessel in finances and become a supernatural vessel financially now the next one is principles and i would quote that to you from the book of isaiah chapter number 51 Isaiah chapter number 51. All right. Isaiah 51 from verse 1. All right. From verse 1 to 4. Look what it says. Hacking unto me ye that follow after righteousness. Is that you? 
Did you give me an answer? Is that you? Yes, it's you. Ye that seek the Lord, is that you? Yes, it's you. Look unto the rock, Kabbalahate. Look unto the rock whence ye are hewn, and to the hole of the pit whence you are digged. He's telling you, look, look to your foundation. Look to your spiritual foundation. Look to your spiritual foundation. Look to your spiritual foundation. He says, look unto Abraham your father, and unto Sarah that gave birth to you. For I called him alone and blessed him, and increased him. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. And he will make her wilderness like Eden, Shantalabake. And her desert like the garden of the Lord. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. What a beautiful life. He said, joy and gladness shall be found therein. Thanksgiving and the voice of me. Oh, my God. You know, ah, these are things to confess every day. You wake up and you say, the Lord shall comfort me. He will comfort all my waste places. You see, when the Bible says, I will send you another comforter, this is what the comfort of the Holy Spirit is. He will comfort all your waste places. He will make your wilderness like, like pleasure, like Eden. And your desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in you. Thanksgiving and the voice of singing. Melody, sweet songs. Sweet songs of heaven. The melodies of heaven. This is the comfort of the Holy Spirit. L listen to the fourth verse. He says, Hacking unto me, my people, and give ear unto me, O my nation. For a law shall proceed from me, and I will make my judgment to rest for a light for of the people. He says, I will make, he said, a law will proceed from me. Wow. Wow. And I will make my judgment to rest for a light when jesus said when jesus said you know the bible says in the book of psalm it says thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path jesus said i am the light of the world he that follows me will not walk in darkness but he shall have the light of life and jesus said to you he said you are the light of the world but what is this light what is this light this light is the law that proceeds from God's word. That is the principles. These are the principles from God's word. This is why Jesus said, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that God has spoken in order to be a special vessel. Follow the principles that special people follow. Follow their principles. That's why he says, look to your foundation. Look at the ancient parts. Look at those who have done great things. Look at those who have done great things. Look at the principles that they have guided their lives by. That has made them a burning and a shining light to the world. Look at those principles and follow it. He says, that light. All right? That light is the light for you. It's the light of the people. This is how you become light. When, when the Bible says you are the light of the world, he's actually saying it because the word of God is at work in the, on the inside of you. You are living by everything that God has said. You are living by both the Rema and the Logos of God's word. Glory to God. First thing I want you to know is that the word Logos doesn't mean letter. The word Logos means it is akin to the word Rema. Yes. And I want you to check it by yourself in the Bible. All right. Yeah. The word logos 
you live by the logos and the rema you live by the logos and the rema the obvious revelation and the mystery revealed glory to god the logos is the obvious revelation the revelation that you can see instantly like when jesus said if they lay hands on the sick they will be healed you don't need a heavenly rema for such a thing that is the obvious revelation that is the logos of god's word the visible revelation the instant express revelation and the rema is the mystery revealed the mystery revealed the mystery unveiled what a word what a word live by both the logos and the rema there are things you don't leave. it's like this this thing about tithes eh? when you you look at it you're like jesus this is rema and this is logos at the same time G- paul is telling us here that that the tithes are a heavenly order they're a heavenly system it's not like something that we do on this earth and when we go to heaven it stops it is something that was done in heaven before there was an earth and was introduced to mankind was introduced to the church for our blessing for our sakes not for god's sake all right so follow the principles hallelujah wow vessel change vessel change what will you do with this word you have heard today will you listen to it once twice three times would you not listen to it every day until the anointing comes out of these words this is how you will profit from the word Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 2 said something very powerful and I want to quote it to you to help you know how to make use of a word that will change your life forever. Verse 1 says, And he said unto me, Son of man, stand up on thy feet and I will speak to you. And I'm saying to you right now, stand up on thy feet and I will speak unto you. And listen to what the second verse, remember he told him to stand. But look what he said in the second verse. And the spirit entered into me when he spake unto me and set me upon my feet that I heard him that spake unto me. So now God gave Ezekiel an instruction when he spoke the word. But out of that word came the spirit, the capacity, the anointing, the ability, the spirit. The spirit came out of the word and stood him up on his feet. Oh, shakabalide. He said, and the spirit entered me, entered me. So God said, stand. Ezekiel had no capacity to stand the way God wanted him to stand. And what did, what happened? This is the work of grace, my friends. This is what happens when you listen to the word of God. And until it happens, you don't stop listening to it. Listen to this word again and again and again. Share it with your friends because you want people's vessels to be changed. Listen to this word until it changes your mindset, until it changes your way of thinking. There is a powerful anointing and force inside of these words that will stand you on your feet when you hear him that speaks unto you. Something will come out of the words. If you keep listening to it, something on me will come out of the words and will enter into you. The anointing of the Holy Ghost. That's what that thing would be. You would share in the same portion in the same grace, in the same blessing. God bless you for listening to this anointed sermon of Teacher Tony today. We are excited and would love to hear from you. Kindly share your questions, prayer needs and praise reports about how this sermon has blessed you. No matter how brief, via our email address at playfan at gmail.com That is p-l-e-f-a-n at gmail.com Kindly subscribe and share so the name of Jesus can go far and wide through this ministry. And until next time, God bless you.